share life stories of various individuals to inspire and educate. You're listening to Anecdotes, a podcast hosted by two millennials, Timothy and Vance. Thank you for joining us on this learning journey. Let's discover our why together. Welcome to episode number 13 of Anecdotes. This is a show where we share inspiring stories and learn how to become better each day, one anecdote at a time. I'm Vance, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Timothy. I start or you start? Holiday. Oh, wonderful holiday, ah. mm. Let's start with Tim's wonderful holiday. So Tim, share with us what have you experienced after travelling for the first time. As in travelling alone for the first time, not travelling for the first well, time. Technically, it was travelling solo for the first two days. And then after that, my friend joined me. So apparently, I had really interesting experiences. So first off... Uh, the trip went pretty well. Uh, the plane wasn't delayed. So the moment I touched down, I received news that uh, I got offered the position from the interview that I went the day before. Mm. So, okay, so it, it was a good start. But the funny thing is, before I entered immigration at Changi Airport, my back broke, the strap broke. The left strap broke and then I had to carry on my whole tree just one side of the backpack. Cool, eh? No, I don't know whether it was a good omen or not, but it was kind of funny at first. But uh, maybe the old me would react negatively. But I don't know. I just felt like, okay, at least I still have one strap. So it's not that bad. Well, have no straps at all. Yeah, better than no straps, right? So luckily it survived and I finally got rid of the bag already. And I met two people from the hostel that I stayed at. So one was a twenty year old. He's he came from India. Mm-hmm. So he had to endure a thirteen hour flight to Bali. Whereas for oh. me I only had a two hour flight. India's so far away from Bali. It's, I didn't know. It's far because and then he had to do a transit flight oh, or something. Okay. So he had a layover. And the funny thing is he's 20-year-old but he thinks like a 30-year-old plus person. Or at least he's like, he seems way more mature than he should have been. So I had a, the funny thing about him is at age 15, he, his father told him this. Son, I am rich, but you are not. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow. your, father, your father must be really hard on you. And I said, yes. But that gave him a, an idea of who he wanted to be. He, apparently his father is Indian, but his father can speak Mandarin. I reckon he's better. he can speak better Mandarin than me. So wow. he does like import-export uh, with people in Shenzhen and stuff like that. Okay. So he know he didn't want to do that. So he decided to do. I'm not being a racist, but he decided to do coding. No. I mean, like you know, like every, a lot of Indians do coding, right? Oh, they do IT stuff. Yeah, yeah but not just coding. Uh, yeah. So he, uh, some IT related stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. What, is it really? It's too complex. So. At age fifteen. He decided to send out to people saying, "Hey, I wanna, I can do this, do this, do this, do this for you." But he had zero skills. He had zero knowledge. 
all he did was, okay, if you accept me, give me three to four months, I'll come up with whatever you want. And he had zero knowledge in whatever coding or whatever courses. So he just said that. So that was his first job. Yeah. So he like, <laughs> kind of like bluffed his way. So okay. he, the person accepted and then he said, okay, okay, I will help you. Give me three to four months. So he, three to four months, he went to learn and go and do the thing out for his client. But uh, apparently he didn't do such a great job. But mm-hmm. he was paid about 2,000 USD, which for, is quite mm. a lot for 16, 17. I think he was, yeah, 16 or 17. I mean, considering he spent quite some time to learn, right? Yeah. And after that came out with the yeah. thing. I mean, it wasn't mm. that good, but then that gave him an avenue to realize that what he wanted to do. So he began reading up more and more on how to do all this stuff. And then now he runs his own team. He has like one or two partners where he does all these freelance jobs. Freelance coding, yeah, so whatever programming. Yeah, whatever. So he's like 20 and then he's doing all this stuff. So I'm like, and the cool thing was he reads and listens to the stuff that I read and listen as well. So like Simon Sinek, Gary Vee and mm-hmm. all the podcasts. And I'm like, whoa, so... It's kind of cool when you meet someone from such a different culture, different country, and then you realize that you ha- you and him share something in common. I mean, technically it's not something really in common, but it's you guys are actually listening to the same thing. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes it feel, makes, makes that experience more memorable and more meaningful. Because both parties connected on this certain topic so was he there for work or he was was just there to relax just to enjoy Uh, amazing it's actually quite a coincidence then yeah and the the other thing is the other lady that I met from Hungary she's also listened to Simon Sinek Gary Vee and all that stuff I'm like why how on earth (laughs) I mean like uh, I don't know there are many people there, but not all of them listen to that. It's like just these two person who coincidentally listens to what I do. Uh, listen on. So I share them like what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully they'll give it a listen. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, I guess Simon Sinek and Gary Vaynerchuk has yeah. quite, a, quite an influence. Huge following. Yeah. Huge I mean, following. Hungary, India... Yeah. Singapore. <laughs> it's cool, right? So yeah. hopefully we can attain that something. <laughs> well they are in their forties. Yeah, but yeah. It's just amazing for me to find and okay, the Hungarian lady mm-hmm. was um her story she kinda reminded me of Eat Pray Love. You have you read the book or watched the movie? Nope. So apparently, Eat, Pray, Love is when this woman who was facing a midlife crisis and then she goes to Bali and travel. Uh, she traveled around the world to find love, eat, pray, love. Uh, I, I think it's something around that lines. Mm-hmm. So apparently, this Hungarian lady that I met, she's really nice. Um, she's 35 years old. So she's working as a cruise director before she took a 10-month sabbatical. 10 months what? Sabbatical from work. 
so the vertical is like, like to stop. Yeah, she has stopped work for ten months. So she has been traveling, uh, from Bali. Uh, staying in Bali for quite a number of months already. Wow! Yeah, she's just staying in the hostel. She was. She went. She came from Ubud, which is another part of Bali where all the rice fields are. Mm. Not to the beach part. So she came there on my s- second day. Yeah. Is she single or? She's single. So oh, okay. She, she. She felt really drained in the work where she likes. Because she reached the pinnacle of her job. So what was interesting was she started from the bottom. She started as a chambermaid, as a cleaner. Oh. And then she rose through the ranks to become the cruise director. So which is like the highest already in a span of 15 years, I think. It'd be good if you can like, like when... She was coming to Singapore just to get the visa renewed thing, something along that okay. line in July. I think it'd be interesting if you can, I don't know, ask her more about her life and yeah, I come did. a short thing. So she... Basically, she said she has been giving too much and she's not getting anything in return because mm-hmm. her, her role requires her to be smiling all the time. Mm. So she wanted to find herself as well. like Because uh, people that age can't just quit their job and go yeah. on this kind of sabbatical because yeah. they have commitments and stuff like that. But she was brave enough to take the leap of faith, but particularly because she doesn't have a family and she felt that she was married to a work that she neglected her love life. Mm. Yeah. So she's on her hunt. I don't know whether she's on her hunt, but she... Okay, so apparently we were... My hostel was located opposite this co-working space. So there happened to be a startup weekend which means people go there to give their 60-second elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the those people, there will be, like, marketers, uh, coders, whatever, whatever, there to give their input on your ideas and stuff. So she was there at the hostel for that specific reason, to be in the Startup Weekend boot camp. Oh, so she's going to participate. Yeah. So she's going to be giving her elevator speech. Yeah, and okay. she... English isn't her first language as well. Of course. She yeah. speaks Hungarian, French, and English. So mm. she, for her to even go up to speak and to speak in the third language is really, really hard. Oh, you mean English is her third language? French yes. is the second? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because she's working in Europe uh, cruise line, I think. Oh, so she needs to know French. Yeah, I guess. Mm, okay. Yeah. So apparently it was quite brave of her to do that and like whoa. And cuz when I spoke to her she was having tr- difficulties speaking in English. And she went up there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. So I said I don't know um I gave her some advice mm-hmm. and like saying like oh yeah, okay, so what she she wanted to do was surprisingly Similar to us. Not a podcast, but she wants, she, she hated the feeling of feeling lost, directionless, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So she wanted to 
inspire people to help people like find their why. So I'm like, see. so when I was talking to her, I was like, um, so you're trying to help people find their why? I was like, uh, I'm not sure if you read Simon Sinek. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm like, oh, so that was it. And then okay. instantly he's like, oh. Then she's like, wow, you're 25, but you, you're like really mature. I'm like, no, I'm like, all this stuff. If you think I'm mature, then you look at that guy. That guy's 20 and he's like... Already his own into, boss and everything. Yeah, mm. he's already into Simon Sinek way earlier than I was. Uh, so it was really, really fun. Uh, getting to know the people and just talk. And it made me learn so much more about myself. I realized that I genuinely like to make all these connections with people. Despite, I mean, it was a plus that they have some similar interests. But mm-hmm. even if it doesn't, it's still cool, man. You get to meet people from different parts of the world and then you realise that, damn, the world is so huge. Shouldn't mm-hmm. be solely focused on Singapore. And that's why I think they always advocate travelling. But you need to travel the right way. Not travel just for shopping and stuff <laughs> like that. It doesn't benefit you or anything. It just it harms you, actually. It harms your pockets. <laughs> okay, I arguably shopping overseas kind of takes you away from reality for a while. It's yeah. which is good for your mental health, but yeah, don't don't do it excessively. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> right. I you mean, you make sense. Yeah. I make the I my come across as too uh, <laughs> too strong. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shopping yeah. is there for a reason. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's really I I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you have the chance, uh, just do it. But the thing is, I hated the hostel because there were a lot, tons of mosquitoes. And then there was no hot water. <laughs> so I was having a tough time. <laughs> and I had to s- sleep in those kind of like capsule hotels kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I had to climb up to my bed. So I didn't get the lower one because I don't know. There but wasn't. Is, it, is it very high up or? It's like, Really high. It's like higher, like two meters. Two meters? Yeah, like two. I had to climb okay. two meters. So that's, I, I guess, the fifth or something fifth? capsule. Which? No, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. That kind so of. the second capsule is two meters above the first one? No, it's two meters above the floor. Floor. Yeah. Two so meters high. from the floor. Yeah. So okay. it's like the door. It's like a door. Mm. Okay. So it has a high ceiling. Oh, so it's not like your traditional double decker bed, but it's no, a lot higher. No, yeah. Wow, okay. So you had like one capsule to yourself. So that 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 was the only thing that I liked because like uh, I hate I don't like brightness. So there was a yeah. curtain, so it was fine for me. But yeah, it was okay. But I couldn't sleep well because like every three hours I could hear the mosquito. Wait. Capsule Hotel would have been air conditioned, right? It's air conditioned, but but there's still mosquitoes. Yes, yes. Oh my god! Okay. It's so so that was the bad thing. But other than that, it was cool. And then, uh, then other times. Then the after that was I met my friend. My friend came to find me, so we went to all the touristy place, and I met her cousin. Mm-hmm. 
Her cousin is from Sweden and is Huh? What your friend is Singaporean but her cousin The cousin yeah, their families like spread out okay. over the world. So but the cousin is Asian who lives in Sweden. In Sweden. Who That's grew up in rare. Sweden. Yes. That's very rare though. So the funny thing is so English is not his first language. Mm-hmm. Swedish is so Swedish and I think another language. So he, I couldn't really his English wasn't very fluent, but he he was very, very loud. And he kind of made up for his uh, non fluent English. If that makes sense. Um okay. so he was even though he he knew that he had trouble finding some certain words, but he was very confident in whatever he was saying. Even mm. though it was very simple, basic English. Mm. He spoke in a really loud voice and then he's like in his I don't know what kind of accents like Hong Kong and Swedish <laughs> accent <laughs> mix. So I was like, wow, what kind of accent is this? But it made me realize that you don't have to be really good in whatever you're saying. You just need to be loud, clear, articulate to get your point across. Mm-hmm. It made me realize that I need to speak louder also. Well, you have a high-pitched voice to yeah. make up for whatever. But the thing is, you need to have be a low-pitched voice to sound more confident, right? Or at least make you sound more trustworthy. According to the TED talk. Yeah, I guess the deeper voice would command more respect. Respect. But a higher pitched voice will be easily heard. Energy. Yeah, the energy also. So I guess it's a trade off, huh? Yeah, it's a trade off here and there. You need to know your strengths and <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but apparently I asked this to uh Sun the Hui mm-hmm. sorry, Hui the my mentor okay. guy. He told me that his voice is also high pitched, so he tries to tone it down a little. But when he gets excited, then he just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and apart from that, Bali is an amazing place. It's like uh, the sights, the beaches, the food is relatively cheap. I <laughs> I think, like if the food is good and cheap. It's like one of the components to make a great holiday for me. Because mm. uh, food and cost is kind of important to me. And most other things are secondary. People. But yeah, people. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, if you're going with old, like your friends, then people would matter as well. Yeah. So how about your friend? Your friend and her friends. How 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 was it? It was okay, but uh, I don't know. I think I was quite noisy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I mean, they wanted some peace. Yeah, but so I just talked to the driver. The driver's <laughs> uh, my age, and an uh, interesting fact that oh yes, at the end of the day, this trip made me more appreciative of. Uh, being in Singapore or growing up and working in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Because over there, the food is cheap to our standards. Mm-hmm. But their pay is really little. So they have a minimum wage, which is about between 1.8 and 
million to 2.4 million rupiah. So okay. in Singapore dollars, that is 180 to 240 dollars a mm. month. It's like a basic uh, waiter pay. It ranges from there to there. And here we are earning essentially ten uh, another zero. So that's what ten times. Yeah, ten yeah. times. Ten times for a basic basic worker, and our food is considered quite cheap also. Well, a lot, a lot, a lot of Singaporeans would beg to differ. Yeah, because they prefer restaurants. But I mean, hawker food in Singapore is so cheap. Yeah, because in Australia. Even hawker food costs about ten, eleven dollars, eleven and up. And here we can get a meal for three or four dollars. So it can make me more appreciative. And thankfully, the new job pays better as well. Uh, <laughs> yep. Well. Okay. I think I come to the end of it. The highlight was really meeting the two people and also being more appreciative for me. So the highlight, I guess, was the first f- first two days, uh, when you were on when you were really on your own. After that, it's also interesting. Like I realized that, mm-hmm. um, in the past I don't like to go sightseeing. I I think I don't like it. Like you, mm. like I wasn't interested. I don't know, but but for this trip, I I was kind of interested. Like look, looking at waterfalls, looking at trees, like the beaches, nature uh, in general. Nature, uh, yeah, I like. prefer looking at the nature, natural landscapes. Uh, that was really beautiful, man. Like I never seen like the the rice terrace, the temples, and there's this temple that's by the sea. I was like cool, man. So you could see the waves, and the beaches are like amazing. Compared to Singapore, Sentosa is like, oh, what is this? When you go there and you eat the seafood and watch the sunset, the beach is like huge, man. And it's like, you really need to see it for yourself. It's really mm-hmm. nice. You you have to, I don't know if you like looking at nature. No, I like nature. Yeah, then that should be a good place to go. Plus, the people in Bali are really friendly. And they speak decent English, I guess. Basic English, at least. At right. least, yes. And it helps that you know a bit of in, uh, Malay. If you, d- if you do, ah. Uh. Yeah, it's like, okay, I mean, like, when they hear you speak a bit of Malay, there's this connection, you know? Yeah. So when there's something language. similar, then uh, instantly, uh, kind of like a relationship is formed. When mm. you have something in common. And then I think that's a very essential skill to build relationships, to maintain them, to build, maintain, and to start mm. having common topics is important. So, it's either you find common topics, or by asking, or you genuinely, yeah, you are genuinely curious about the other person, on whatever he or she is doing. So I think these are the two ways to strike a uh, strike a conversation to maintain like a relationship. I guess to a certain extent, you can say that if you are able to speak someone else's language, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are, 
if you can speak someone else's language, it could be in terms of you know English, Chinese, or in terms of let's say even though I'm an I'm an engineer and you are a lawyer, but I'm still able to speak your kind of language where you will understand, where you enjoy, where you can relate to, and that's where we can. That's where you can build a relationship with the person. Hmm. Yes. It's not just language in terms of you know how we understand language, but also the person's interests, like what you mentioned. Yeah. Right. It's either yeah. This is just these two. I think there's mm. like the the fundamentals of of a relationship. It's either one that you need to, and I need. I definitely need to brush up on that. Brush up on that. Yeah. I mean, because I'm going to be meeting new people. No, you mean your new job, yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I like to work on a lot. Because sometimes, you know, you have to ask certain questions and then you don't know whether some questions are too personal Mm. and how to start an ice-breaking conversation, that kind of stuff, yeah. I guess... Over time, you learn to get better and better. Yeah, which is share. yeah something that I'm working with, uh, Hui Min, the mm. mentor, the mentor. Yeah. So how it works is, um, every week I'll have something that I want to work on, mm. and then I will, uh, so I will send him, and then we'll come up with the solutions together, and no, not really together. Okay together but it will be him asking the questions directing okay. me to the solutions mm. so it's a lot harder for him actually right yeah it is I think. <laughs> yeah I was like wow come to mm. think of it yes you're right and then I will come up with my own like to-do list mm. at the end of the session so that I have to get it done by the next time I visit him that, that we meet which is good because I realized that that was my to-do list. I mean, the to-do list, the last one, was to get the episodes onto iTunes. Uh-huh. So when I'm answerable to not only you, but him as well, it made me want to do it even more. Yeah. Accountability. Mm. And that I think is how I operate best. <laughs> I guess everyone operates best that way. We... <laughs> <laughs> No, some people even mm. if they're deadlines, they don't care what. Yeah, but but like 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 what you say, it operates best, right? So to get yeah. things done, uh, I guess most of us we need to be accountable to someone. Yeah, like discipline enough mm. and stuff. Yeah. Okay, now it's, I think I've said enough. <laughs> so now it's your anecdote. Oh yeah. Okay. The recent, I recently met my mentor so. So his name is Jonathan and he's been a writer for a long time. He said that he's, he, he has been lucky uh, to, to be able to write for a magazine, you know, then write for SPH here and there. He's not an SPH writer, but, you know, he writes. He contributes sometimes. And right now he writes for NTUC. So he has actually quite a, I would say, wide spectrum of experience in writing. All kinds of stuff, especially so in cars, cycling, sports. So basically the men's stuff. I think he's about maybe four years older than me only. 
So that that leaves him about thirty one at most, maybe thirty one, thirty two. And his I would say that I can I can feel the pressure, you know, because his Pressure. I can feel the pressure because uh I don't know, he he just seems you know, he's just four years older than me. But for your mentor, your mentor is like ten years plus older, right? So it feels a I, lot actually, more. Actually, honestly, I don't know how old is he. <laughs> I think I never um, asked. Him. No, wait. What's the pressure me, you're talking huh? about? Sorry. What's the pressure that you're talking about? No, because okay, he's he's only four years older than me. Okay, mm, huh? and he feels like he he has achieved a lot more, even when he was at my age. Oh. And okay, maybe maybe it's the way he put it, or maybe it's how I look at it. That it feels like uh he achieved quite a lot, even at the age, but he don't he don't think that it's anything at all. As it's easy for him to say that because he's really done it. And it's easy it's easy for me to think that I'm pressured because I'm not there yet, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all justifiable, but I still think that there is a pressure in the sense that uh maybe because I mentioned that I I like writing since a very long time ago, but I never really done anything to really push it forward to a point where it can be something I can earn a living out of. Mm. Yeah. Right? You mentioned that you want to freelance but you haven't really got to, yeah, to but do it. Partly because actually actually I wanted to do it already before before I met him at the career fair. But when he said when he said those stuff, maybe it's the way I take it also. Uh, I, I, I felt that I shouldn't jump the gun so fast, you know? I should build up more portfolio and everything before I try and everything. Then when I met him, then he told me that if you keep doing that, you're actually procrastinating in some sense, you know? Yeah. In some sense, uh, okay, even though even though you're doing something, but you're not doing things that are helping you achieve Progress, your goal, yeah. right? So in that sense, you're procrastinating. Even though I'm writing a lot, right? But I'm not writing enough for me to advance the next step. It's like peak. You're not practicing right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not practicing the right way. Yeah. Which is quite depressing at that point of time at least. Yeah. And right now, okay, he gave me a few things to do also, you know, actionables. So I had to come up with a pitch to Vulcan Post. I sent it to him already, but he's been busy. So he got back to me. I edited, I passed it, I, I sent it back to him, but he hasn't got back, gotten back to me yet. Mm. And he also told me that he thinks that I'm too humble and too unconfident with whatever I write and whatever I've done mm. in the sense that I don't really know how to sell myself. Okay. So, yeah, something I have to work on, I guess. Yeah, I think it's also largely because of whatever you read that you, yeah, you see I don't that him. ego is the enemy and stuff. So uh, you're, you're always... Trying to like not to oversell yourself. Actually, not, not, not that. But rather, uh, I feel that because I haven't, I haven't gained enough exposure yeah. yet. I haven't gained enough. Like, I don't know portfolio and everything. So I don't really have the right to pitch, to get a paid job. So what was it that he said that you should feel proud of? He said that you have more than two years of experience writing full time, for this. Finance magazine. Okay. Right. I mean, which is true, what, right? Yeah. Why? I've never said it's false, right? But I don't know. Your expression <laughs> tells me. No. <laughs> I don't know. I always 
I don't give off that kind of vibe, okay? Not everything that when I smile means something wrong. I'm acknowledging it. Okay, okay. fine, fine. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay, so you see that you have, you, have, you, have, you have a full-time job yeah. writing full-time for a company, you know, in these areas. And you have it's a portfolio. Yeah, it's something for you to... If, you, if you've been paid full-time for your work, that means that your work is of a certain standard that allows you to be paid for other freelance jobs. So you shouldn't feel like as if mm. you shouldn't you should contribute for free. That is more of a mindset of someone who hasn't been in a job that pays for writing. Someone that's not confident. No, someone that okay, because if let's say I haven't been in the writing job yet, but I've been writing a lot of a lot on my own yeah. and everything, write a blog. Whatever free contribution. So in a sense, you have paid experience. Yeah, I have paid experience. So I shouldn't feel so unconfident for that amount of work that I've done really. It's not it feels like I've done it for nothing. Yeah. True. It's like you're not celebrating your small wins in a sense. Or you're not really acknowledging like whatever you've done. Yeah. And that's what he said, which... (sighs) Okay, what? I mean like, what? Do you feel sad? No, I feel I feel sad that I actually thought like that before. Cause I didn't know I, I didn't know that I was really so unconfident. I guess at the back of my mind I, I kind of know because when he said it at the time, right, it kind of struck me. Ah, you know I, I know mean? that feeling. So it kinda of like Because But I like it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like it because it propels me further. So yeah. it's like a wake up call, a check checklist kind of thing. Mm. Like Wake up, uh, you're, this is what you've been doing wrong. Now get off your ass and go and do something else. So it makes you improve. Yeah. And luckily, uh, like, uh, I mean, uh, I didn't know you felt like that. But maybe because I also don't, I'm not expert. I'm not in that field where I know. Yeah. So I'm glad that someone could point out, point that out to you. I would say to him, if you want people to engage you for your writing, you need to be first proud of your writing first. And that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't exclude right whatever that you might think is not good. Like maybe because at the back of my mind, because I've been working in this company for such a long time. Yeah. And it feels like whenever I write something, it feels more like a obligation rather than something that I want to write. Which is why I felt like I'm not proud of that work. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not writing something that I really, really believe in. It's like charity and taxes. Yeah. Taxes is not voluntary. It's uh, forced. So you will try to avoid it at least. Mm-hmm. But if charity, you're doing it voluntarily. You feel more passionate about it. You'll be more willing to give it when it's voluntary. Yeah. So, so yeah, in the sense when you're happy or you're looking forward to writing something that you're interested in, then naturally you feel prouder of your work. Which is why I think you're 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 more proud of the work that you have written on medium than Yeah, outside of work. Yes. Because just because of I mean, I wouldn't say that whatever I write for the company is shit. Yeah. But it's because it's it's something it's about, that is not your interest. Yeah, it's about a topic that I'm not not really that that interested in yeah. to the point where I would be thinking of it all the time. Mm-hmm. Whatever I write outside of work, 
That is what I've been thinking all the time. Okay. So, yeah. So, he told me to try to think of different kinds of publications, platforms to pitch to. And instead of, because I would say that my current job, I kind of took it up because, well, I didn't have a choice at that point of time. Because, I mean, the, the job market was really quite bad at that point of time. It was, it's bad. It's even worse now. And I just, I just got a, I just took a job. Just try to, I just told myself that I, I can try to write something that I don't really believe in as long as it's writing. But apparently, after so much time go, gone through and everything, after writing inside of work, outside of work and everything, I realized that you really need to believe. Like uh, any writer, any author, they need to believe in what they write. Then they can come up with a book. Yeah. They can come up with something that is of value. It's like a salesman. You need to really believe what you're selling in order for you to sell. So I think it's applicable to all facets of life and job. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a writer, you're a seller also. You're a salesman also. You're selling your ideas. So that made me... Yeah, so I'm I'm approaching... I mean, I identified a few. And he even asked me to try men's health. Not about you know, bodybuilding and everything, which I have no knowledge of, but in the relationship section or lifestyle yeah. section or whatever it is. Because really? lifestyle, personal finance can also go into lifestyle. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, like I, what I always say, in order to find out what you don't like, you need, in order to find out what you like, you need to f- try to see what you don't like. First. Yeah, so, definitely. So it's back to being a fisherman <laughs> yeah. and casting a net. Until you are able to find out what kind of fish you want to catch, then you can throw the right bait. Yeah. So I would say that as much as I know I want to write, okay, I'm not sure exactly what do I want to write about. Do you feel like you were like making progress and then now you realize that you're back at ground zero? No, more like I'm making progress, but I realize that you know there's so much more that I, That's or rather I make the amount of progress it's okay relative relative to the amount of progress I made in the past it seems like a lot yeah so right now when I make this much progress really and when I look into the future when I look at the amount of progress I have to make it feels like I'm back to ground zero but yeah it's just because right now the progress I've made relative to the progress I made last time is a lot more, more. so yeah you feel that you went back to like it's like a snake and letters. Yeah. So you actually felt like you got eaten by a snake. Which well, is okay. <laughs> I think it doesn't matter as long, as long as you make progress. So now the key is to avoid the snake. The same snake or another snake. Yeah. Which is okay. At least now you're making the effort to really pursue that writing aspect. And, well, he told me to find another job. (laughs) And he suggested that men's health is hiring. Suggested. (laughs) Okay, no, he actually told told me up front that he he knows that men's health is hiring. Yeah. I'm not sure whether he he meant full-time writer or is it a freelance writer. But anyway, I'll still come out of a pitch so that I can contribute something to them. And while I'm doing that, yeah, so right now, I'm not sure if I should work full-time at Men's Health 
or whatever magazine or whatever publication it is, I'm gonna find a publication like sure True Blue publication. Said. Why not? <laughs> it's okay. I don't. I don't really care. As in, I don't really. I don't really care in the sense that it's more like something that. If, okay. In fact, if if I if I make it more vocal, right, then I'll be accountable for my, for my own words, right. So it's fine. <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm sure they won't listen to this anyway. <laughs> but either way, either way, I would say that. Is not not right now. It's between you know working full time for my Korean teacher, mm. and focus on writing, copywriting mm. or whatever. Which my mentor say that he kind of advised against it. Not to work for your Korean teacher full time. Full time at least, but I work part time that one and you know focus more time on what 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 you really want to do. But the thing is, this this is the thing, I, I've thought a little bit many many times and. For a very long time, I'm fine with working full time in, you know, whatever Korean business that he's he's interested in. Whether is it whether is it uh selling Korean classes, Korean lessons, or whatever that he he is interested in. But Korean is also your passion, right? Yeah, that's why. Which is why you know I'm caught between like should I work, should I go to this path where. I'll be writing about Korean stuff, or sh- why we go and stuff where I'm going to write about a lot more serious things, which mm. will kind of propel me further in terms of writing. But which one do you enjoy more? The things I enjoy both so much that I can't even really tell. You know what I mean? I cannot mm. imagine doing neither. Like a crossroads. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, James Hatcher said that you can choose five things, so I only chose two. But I, either way. I'll make a choice soon. Yeah. yeah. But that's about it. Sounds like you are faced with a tough choice. Yes, very tough few right weeks. now. Well, give yourself some maybe, time. Yeah. yeah. Have a date set. So yeah. that you're answerable to yourself and maybe to me also. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you want to be accountable to. Correct. That's how I operate. I don't know how you operate. I might... I mean the the chances of me going with whatever my, my mentor does his second choice like my first his first choice is still to focus full like entirely on this thing which is supposedly your career for the rest of your life rather than some hobby kind of thing so most but probably that hobby work. thing can become a career so. you can also become a career of course no doubt maybe I didn't have the chance to really explain to him but the next time I will definitely explain to him more yeah because you can be writing Korean and you can become a business also. Yeah. Uh, whether it's selling Korean class or doing Korean speed dating nonsense. It's <laughs> not nonsense, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Take that word back. I mean Korean speed dating and Ding. whatever yeah. other ideas your teacher has. Yeah. yeah, it can be you can become business partner with him also. Yeah, definitely. So it, it all depends on really like uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I still see even if you go for that Korean route thing, I still support you because I know that that can become material for your book as well because mm. it's still experience. Yeah, whether it's not, it's not. It may not be writing experience, but it's still experience. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows, you might meet people that can help you along the way. Whereas writing is a bit more niche, in a sense. The opportunities yeah. may be bleaker 
the it way is, I uh, see it. It is. It's, it's going to be a more arduous journey. Yeah. I mean, either way, you can... It's not it's not exclusive of one another, yeah. but rather like how much how much how much effort you wanna put in. Yeah, how much you are willing to sacrifice. Also. Yeah, for for either one. Yeah, so well, sounds good. At least like now you seem focused. At least, at least, no. at least it's down <laughs> to two choices. Yeah, you're not oh well. in like five different directions. <laughs> <laughs> five different directions. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that wraps up this week. Bit of personal plus work plus it's a anecdote of, anyway. Yeah. You know, for me it was more lighthearted and uh, to to summarize it, I would say everybody needs to travel alone. Now I real realize like what what it's all about. It's not so much of like freedom to do whatever you want. You have that, but it's a whole different feeling when you're alone. You have to find the cab alone. Yeah. <laughs> Go everywhere alone, and then you like you have to be wary of your surroundings at all times. Keeping your money in check, staying safe. Mm-hmm. You are like on high alert most of the time, and forces you to step out of your comfort zone to talk to strangers. That Especially when you need help. Yeah, mm. whether you need help or don't need help, it's still really fun to talk to strangers. Okay, that's it for me. Yeah. For me, yes. So, will we get an answer next week? <laughs> well, actually, I already have an answer, just that I want to give it some more time to let the ideas the ideas sink in first and make sure that I'm okay with it, then I'll go ahead with it. Yeah, but either way, I wouldn't be quitting like right away. So, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. See you next week. That's it. Thank you for staying until the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, share this with your friends and tag us on Instagram or Facebook to connect with us. We'd appreciate any sort of feedback. Be sure to check out the show notes at theanecdotes.net T-H-E-A-N-E-C-D-O-T-E-S dot net Thank you once again.